G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The famous American painter Benjamin West told the story of how he became a distinguished artist. One day, as a young boy, he was left at home to watch his baby sister. Unknown to his mother, he took out his paint oils and brushes and painted a rather unique picture of his sister. But in the process of that, he made a mess of the whole house. There was paint everywhere. When he realized what had happened and as he heard his mother come in through the door, he wondered what her response would be. She looked at him, she looked at the awful mess, and then she saw the portrait of his younger sister. Benjamin said that what she did next completely surprised him. She picked up his painting and said, My, what a beautiful painting of your young sister. She gave him a kiss on the cheek and walked away. With that kiss, Wes said, he became a painter. Friend, never underestimate the power of encouragement. And never underestimate the potential of influencing those around you by your words. In the book of Proverbs we read, A word spoken in due season, how good it is. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Thanks for joining us. It's Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And over the last couple of days we've been looking at stretching out our hand. And I think we can all say that there is an incredible joy when we reach out to others in the name of Jesus and experience His love and His life flowing through us to them. But as Ken's been sharing with us this week, the enemy wants to sideline us. He tried to stop Jesus ministering when He was on earth, so it's no surprise that He wants to do the same with us. Now, Ken, we've looked at a couple of examples of the different ways in which he causes our hand to become withered. And tell us some more. What are we going to look at today? Okay, we're going to look at discouragement. Many have stopped reaching out their hand because they become discouraged. Now, failure, of course, as we saw a couple of days ago, is what we do. Hurt is what others do to us. But discouragement often comes from what we think God should have done but he didn't do. Mm. Um, often we don't recognize discouragement actually as a rift between us and God, but it is often just that because we know that God is ultimately in control of our lives and so that he could have worked things out differently if he chose to, but he didn't. He didn't intervene. He didn't do things differently. And so our discouragement actually is, a, is an argument with God. It's a very interesting observation. You talked in your opening about the power of encouragement I'm sure many listening can relate to the story of Benjamin West, the painter you talked about, whose entire career as a painter was largely influenced by his mother's encouragement. If we all stopped and thought that, you know, we could identify some key people in our lives whose words of encouragement just stood out, they played a key role in uh, in how our paths have unfolded down the track. And conversely, I suppose those who discouraged us spring to mind easily as well. Yeah, you know, encouragement is just that, isn't it? It's somebody coming alongside us at, at the appropriate time and just giving us that lift when we needed it. I, I remember, Phil, when I was first felt called to the ministry 
And my self-esteem at that time was zilch, absolute zero, you know. And I remember I, I thought, I've got to talk to my pastor about, you know, this, this what I'm feeling, this call to the ministry. And um, at a meeting one day, I waited for everyone to go home. And, you know, then I just waited and waited until I was alone with the pastor. I said, oh, there's something I want to share with you, you know. So we just sat down together. I said, look, I really think that, um, uh, you know, God's calling me to be a pastor. And my pastor just put his arm around me and he said, Ken, I'm not surprised. And you don't know what that means to me. You know, I mean, I, I just went away thinking what he actually believes that I can be a pastor, that it's possible, you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. dreaming, I'm not kind of, um, you know, fantasizing or something like that. And, and that's the power of encouragement. And uh, we've all experienced that. But let's be honest, Phil, sometimes that doesn't happen. Even key people in our lives, sometimes they're not maybe sensitive or they're not there at the time that we want them to be there to encourage us. And, and so we need something more than encouragement. We need to know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Now, you remember uh, David, um, he did that. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And the context of that was basically the culmination of all that he and his men had gone through, all the persecution, the opposition, things going against him. You remember Saul just hunted David like a dog and basically chased him out of the nation in the end. And he had to go over to the Philistines and they gave him this little city and uh, he went out of there one day and when he and his men were coming back, there it was burning and all their families had been taken away captives, and they'd lost everything. Now, at that point, the Bible says that David's men spoke of stoning him. In other words, they'd just come to the end. They couldn't take it anymore. They thought, it's all this man's fought. We've been backing the wrong horse here. You know, we've totally the wrong pre- man. Pretty discouraging when your own guys want to top you off. Exactly. That must have been the lowest point. But then we read these incredible words, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. And we just really do need to learn how to do that, to, to just connect with God and draw strength from him at that time, you know. So if we don't do that, I guess we could potentially find ourselves on a, you know, sort of a never-ending spiral of despair and and being sidelined. Imagine if David didn't do that. Yeah, and, and look, we've been looking this week, Phil, at uh, different characters in the Bible that you could fit into these different uh, categories that we're looking at, you know, Peter, failure, um, Joseph got hurt, you know, but he recovered and he stretched out his hand again to the nations, you know. Mm. The person I want to look at today is Elijah. Now, Elijah was an incredible character, or at least he had an incredible ministry. Dramatic is the word I would use, you know, like he just um, just arrives on the scene and says, until I say so, there's going to be no more rain. I'm shutting heaven up, you know. <laughs> and so for three and a half years, there's no rain. He's trying to get the attention of the people, you know, bring them back to God. Uh, but all this comes to a climax, of course, on Mount Carmel when he challenges the prophets of Baal. Okay, if your God is real, then let your God answer by fire. So they build their altar. They call upon Baal from morning till night. They cut themselves. They dance all over the place. But the heavens are like brass. There's nothing coming at all, you know. And so Elijah says, okay, I think you've given it a fair go. It's my turn now. So he builds his altar saturates it with water, absolutely soaks it, you know, and he says, God, let it be known this day that you're the only true and living God. The God of Israel, Yahweh, is the true God. And then, of course, that fire comes from heaven. Now, you would think that there would be a landslide of people returning to the Lord, that people would say, the Lord, he's God, you know, and let's all return to him. But it didn't quite go that way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jezebel said, okay, if I get hold of him, I'll kill him. (laughs) I'll take him out. And, and, uh, you know, so he was really discouraged, really discouraged. He thought it should have been a different response, you know. So he ran, the Bible says he ran and ran, he ran for miles till he 
probably came to a place of total exhaustion, just collapsed in a cave. And then when God lets him rest and you know feeds him, tries to build him up in those areas, then he comes and, and counsels him and says, now, Elijah, what are you doing here? And, and so he says, well, you know, I, I've done my best. I've called fire from heaven. I've shut heaven up. I've, I've, what do I do for an encore? You know, <laughs> well, how can I top that? If they won't <laughs> listen to that, then and I'm the only one that's serving you. You know, it's only me. I said, well, actually, no, there's, there's another 7,000 out there that have not yet bowed the knee to Baal. It's not how you see it to be. But you see, the thing is that he thought that God should have done things differently. When you, when you look at what happens is God comes to him about three times and tries to get him out of this discouragement, but, but it's like he's stuck there. And so in the end, God says to him, now go and take your mantle and throw it over Elisha. And, and I can only read that one way, uh, Phil, and, and that's that God can't use discouraged people because, you know, you, as I said earlier on, you minister out of what's in your heart. And if we stay discouraged, then we can't really offer life to people. And so it's almost like his ministry got stuck there. In fact, if you read on in the Bible, the king sends a, a group of soldiers to go and fetch Elijah and says, oh, man of God, you know, the king wants to see you. He says, well, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. And they're just cinders on the ground. They just get burned, you know. He's ministering out of anger, you know. Like he's mm. ministering death. And God can't use a discouraged person. And uh, it's very sad that we don't see Elijah actually reaching out his hand again. You know, he was caught up to heaven. And, well, Phil, I actually believe he's coming back one day to, to complete his ministry. If you, if you read the book of Revelation, he's right, coming back yeah. and he's going to continue where he left off. What an amazing contrast between Elijah and David. Yeah. Let's be like David, uh, Phil. Let's, let's learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And maybe there are some discouraged listeners out there today that maybe think that God didn't do things the way he should have done. And so they're just not reaching out their hand anymore. And I would say to that person, in the name of the Lord today, stretch forth your hand. We're being encouraged to stretch out our hand this week and we'll have more for you tomorrow as we continue this discussion. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.